Hello, hello. You are listening to a pastor in his newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro, and it's good to be with you. It's been a few weeks since I've been with you, and this war in Israel and Gaza continues, and civilians are dying, and the situation becomes, you know, complicated. Um, so we're going to kind of continue. This will kind of be part two, I suppose, of, of this particular issue, because, I mean, it's taking up a lot of people's attentions uh, in the church, outside the church, on the news, and... Um, uh, America is definitely in the, the heat of it. And uh, The Economist actually wrote um, one of its kind of focus article uh, last week was just the pressure really on America right now. Um, you know, uh, maybe we could talk about this in another episode. Um, just as America has, you know, had their own financial problems um, and trying to really kind of focus on its own domestic problems and, you know, infrastructure bills and healthcare and um, uh, manufacturing jobs and all these different matters. Um, America has in some ways gone through a a phase of isolationism, um, very much become the prominent uh, foreign policy philosophy and view uh, in the the Republican party. Uh, I would say if you're going to, if you were going to um, create a uh, Trump doctrine, which is, you know, foreign policy doctrine for, you know, president Donald Trump, it would very much be an isolationist view. And um, you see, even within the Republican debate um, for supporting Ukraine, not supporting Ukraine, that seems like, you know, said often, of course, Nikki Haley is, is arguing against, um, that view and, and arguing more for the importance of supporting Ukraine. This is an important war. It affects uh, American interests um, and therefore should continue to support Ukraine in their war against against Russia. Really, their protection of themselves against Russia. I mean, Russia invaded their territory, and um, and so um, so there's been back and forth on that. I, I am one who believes that we should continue to support Ukraine against uh, the Russians. And, um, and so, but, um, that's not, that's for another podcast episode for another day, but, um, uh, responding to a text message. Um, but, um, I really want to continue to talk about Israel and Palestine. And, um, one of the issues is really actually more here and the, just the, uh, you know, there's, we've seen, um, on the news, um, printed news as well, uh, protests on college campuses, pro-Palestinian, uh, protests, uh, around major U S cities. Uh, obviously this is also around the world. Uh, those who are supporting, Palestine, and I think it's a little more complicated than simply they're supporting terrorists. But I, I think we need to talk just more about uh, it, kind of, it has broadened the the issue of free free speech, which I think the U.S. has actually gotten um, there. We went through this phase, especially during COVID, of and maybe even before of restricting speech. Um, especially on college campus, which is really weird um, and kind of cancel culture. And now we've kind of, it's kind of slapped um, uh, you know, those on the left, left wing side. It's kind of slapped them in the face when it comes to uh, what happened in Israel. So I really want to talk about 
that. But before I get into that, you know, why you know, civilians are continuing to die in in Gaza, um, I do believe that it's in Israel's best interest to protect civilians. Um, it's in their best interest to continue to get support from the West. Um, I do believe that, you know, support from, you know, Europe and the United States, uh, it is somewhat dependent and conditional on Israel continuing to stay um, committed to uh, protecting civilians at, at, at the best they can. There's it's, it's, it's war. Um, they're trying to defend, uh, their, their country, defend their people. They're trying to, um, uh, enforce justice, which I believe is, is proper and biblical and good while at the same time, trying to, uh, protect civilians, those who were not involved in planning October the 7th. And I think it's important as we think through this issue is that Israel should continue, um, to, wage war in Gaza. They should be sending forces into the Gaza area because I think what's important and again, protecting civilians at all costs. Uh, well, that is difficult because, um, Hamas and, and terrorist groups across, across, you know, all the Muslim terrorist groups. The reason why you're a terrorist group is you actually do not care about human life. Um, and if you, if you do any reading about Al Qaeda, I did some reading not too long ago. What, what you learn is that really no human life truly matters except those who support their cause. Uh, so even like, which, uh, which is sad about Al Qaeda and bin Laden, especially is that they killed far more Muslims than they did non-Muslims or Westerners or infidels. Usually the view was if you weren't on their side or you didn't support their cause or their, or their view um, of the West. And if you supported the West in any way, then you were actually a part of them. You're a part of the infidels and should be killed. Um, and so there's just no respect or, 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 or positive or good view of human life whatsoever. Um, and Hamas has the same view. I mean, they do not care about human life. All they care about is their political agenda. Uh, all they care about is their cause. So even Palestinians in Gaza, they don't care about now they care about them more than they care about Jews, but they don't truly care about them. They, I mean, if you think about it, I, I've said this before in another episode, if you play this, this stream of events out, this was the, this was going to happen when they attacked Israel. And of course it came out recently that their plan was to attack most cities in Israel to kill four more people. That was our long-term plan. But if you play this thing out, this was going to happen. They were going to attack Israel. They were going to kill as many people as they could kill. And then Israel was going to defend themselves and civilians in Gaza were going to die. And if you just played this out, you know, before it happened, that's exactly what was going to happen. What you see happening is exactly what all of us could have, could have said, especially if you're familiar with, with the people involved and the, the nations involved and the, and the people, the groups involved, you can play this thing out to its end, to its end result. And that's why it's important for Israel to continue to defend themselves, to continue to fight because Hamas has to be removed. 
They can no longer lead in Gaza. There no longer can be uh, a governing factor. It's the same reason why I didn't think the U.S. should have gotten out of, of, of Afghanistan. What then replaced the democracy there? It was Taliban came back. And if you do not, if Israel does not finish this, if they do not fight to remove Hamas, Hamas will come right back into it. They'll come back and they'll occupy Gaza and they'll use it to uh, funnel weapons and continue to attack Israel. Like the, it, the, the situation will never change. And actually, if you don't even think, in, even if you think about Gaza and you think about the Palestinian people in Gaza, it's in their best interest that Israel continues to fight so that their new government replaces Hamas and a new situation is able to come in and replace it. Um, now, obviously we would love for it to be a pro-democracy. We love for it to be a, a, a government that, that actually feeds the people and supports the people. And that cares so much about, you know, sending rockets over to Israel. But uh, it's important that Israel continue to fight. It's important that the U S continue to support Israel in that fight um, because for the long term um, uh, peace and prosperity of the people in Gaza, this is in their best interest as well. So again, for Israel to, and it, it's an uphill battle. It's an, it's almost an impossible um, um, mission to succeed in is, is the importance of, protecting civilian life at all costs, keeping collateral damage at the lowest of low for Israel in this fight, which I think it's probably better that they bring in the troops into Gaza because you, when you, when you do airstrikes, when you bring in you know fighter jets and bombers and you're bombing buildings, I mean, you're going to get collateral damage. You're having people are going to get caught in the building. They're going to get rubble's going to fall on them. And it's, I think it's important for Israel as well to, tr- to find a way to, to bring humanitarian aid so that civilians can get that aid so that there are safe zones for civilians to go into and get protection, get medical um, help, get food and water um, as Israel's trying to remove Hamas. And if I, if you're a Palestinian living in Gaza, it's in your best interest to help Israel remove Hamas. They are, a group, a terrorist group who does not care about human life. They only care about their political cause and they will use whatever they can to get what they want. And so that being said, let's talk about the protests, the pro Palestinian protests going on in the U S on campuses, but also around the world. Um, and I think it's important. I think it's easy to kind of characterize this as these are people that are anti-Semitic. Now, I think there, there definitely probably is uh, a stream of anti-Semitic views within these protests. Um, I heard something just recently that said like Hitler should have finished the job and just horrible, 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 evil things that are very anti-Semitic. Um, and, but I don't know, I think it would be wrong to characterize all of these protests as simply anti-Semitic. I, I think this issue is complicated. I think it's easy for us to simplify it and put it in terms that we can kind of say that's wrong, that's right, and just make it black and white. But there, there's a lot of complica- complications in this. One thing I think that is important to understand, and I think, again, it's not... You can't just say clearly uh, the Palestinians are the oppressed ones and Israel is the ones that the oppressors. I think it's the wrong way to look at this this event, this, this relationship between Israel and Gaza. 
Israel, uh, the Jewish people. I mean, think about the Jewish people just in the 20th century. I mean, they were systematically uh, murdered and killed by the German nation. Millions died in concentration camps during World War II. Uh, there are other issues in the in the 20th century. Jews were killed. Um, they are then given the land of Israel by the United States and by Britain. And they have a home for their people. And they, they move there. They develop a democracy. They develop a, a nation um, and are allies with the U.S. and with Europe. Um, and they are the only democracy in the Middle East, if you want to include Turkey, which probably more was a democracy than it is definitely today. But there's that's where Israel is today. And, um, and we say that because Israel there, Israel remembers when they were systematically like genocide by the Germans. This was 1940s. This wasn't that long ago, less than a hundred years ago. And so we can't remove, I mean, so when Israel thinks about when there are a group of people that come into their country and start killing their civilians, killing their people, this is in the back of their minds. And so they swiftly move in to, to defend themselves, to, to, to strike vengeance on those who, who committed such horrible, horrible crimes in their sovereignty. So it makes sense that they would act the way that they do and respond the way that they do. And I think it's in very much a way it's justified. So Israel has this land and they are a democracy and they have, they have thrived, right? They're a very, they're a wealthy nation. Um, they have allies in the West. And, and so they, they have this, this, you know, beautiful country. Um, and the people, the civilians have, you know, freedom. They, they can vote. They have their capitalism. They're wealthy. They're rich. Um, Women have rights. That's not happening in Gaza, right? Women don't have rights. They don't have freedom. They don't have freedom of speech. It's a very, very um, 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 rigid and harsh um, society. Their government is is horrific. Um, they do not protect life. They do not have um, rights hardly at all. Um, they hardly even have food and water. And not if it's this, you know, very much the governments of Gaza and the Hamas is, they are the ones that have put the, 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 the people in this situation. So Israel, well, yes, they, they're wealthy. They're, they're um, free. They have rights. And they're seen as the, and they, you know, also there's, they're, they're, they look white, Right. So it, it, it creates this, they're the oppressors in Gaza as the, the oppressed. And so that's what's going on with these protests. You have these fairly rich, wealthy Americans on college campuses, especially that view Israel as the oppressors. And so they are supporting the ones they view as oppressed. Israel has driven the Palestinians to do what they did. You know, it's by... Israel's um, not uh, giving them their, 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 their nation, um, not providing the things that they should have provided. It's their fault. They're the one that drove Hamas to do what they did, which is just not the truth. I mean, again, if you read about terrorist groups, they do not care about human life. 
they are driven to this because they want, they want power. Um, they believe that they hate the Jews. It's, it's written into the, in the religion. Um, and so this is a part of their worldview. And so it's not so simple as Israel's the oppressor and Palestinians are the oppressed. That's really kind of leading these protests, right? There, and I don't think necessarily they're supporting Hamas and saying Hamas did what was right, and they're the ones that are the, you know, the the liberators. I, I don't, you know, that if anyone said that, that's just the dumbest thing you could ever say. I mean, that's they walked in to they they invaded Israel and just killed civilians. They killed women and children, right? Wait, to have that view is ridiculous. It's moronic right? And should not be listened to. And that person should be in the marketplace of ideas should be uh, called for, for having a very wrong opinion. Right. Um, but one of the consequences as we're seeing though, with these protests on college campuses on this issue of, you know, Palestine and, and Israel, it's the consequence of free speech. Now we believe that, in America, First Amendment, you have the freedom to speak, right? But that you don't have the freedom to not receive the consequences of your speech, right? And um, there are consequences of your speech. Um, in the marketplace of ideas, when you speak and you your, your, your opinion and voice enters into that marketplace, get prepared to be uh, rebuttaled or rebuked. That's why I always laugh when you have people on Facebook who get so angry when people criticize their view. You just published your view in the marketplace of ideas. That's what social media is for all it's good and bad. It's a platform to speak. And if you speak and people disagree with you, well, then don't publish it on Facebook. Don't publish it. If you don't want to be rebuked or rebuttaled. Well, if you don't want the consequence of your speech, then don't speak out loud. Well, there's some college students, um, especially at some of the Ivy league schools that are starting pro Palestine protest on their campus. Well, as a consequence of their speech, there are been companies who do not support anti-Semitic views who have rescinded job, job opportunities to those who are part of these protests. Now that is by definition canceled. They were canceled. That's canceled culture. Um, and while we have railed against cancel culture, um, what's so interesting is you have this flipping of the guard where you know, those on the left were all about canceling people that they thought their speech harmed other people. And interesting enough, when conservative states like Florida, for example, pass laws protecting children from from speech like transgenderism that they viewed as harmful, they were seen as restricting free speech. So you see how both groups use free speech and restricting free speech whenever they want. Well, this is kind of on this side of this issue, there are people who have been a part of this pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel speech that have received consequences. And so much so, interesting enough, is that, um, and I'm going to give you a poll here. There was a recent poll by Harvard Harris Poll that showed 51% of Americans between 18 and 24 believe Hamas rampage could have been justified by Palestinian grievances. 
But again, <laughs> what Hamas is trying to do is destroy the Jews. I mean, that is, they want to kill them all, remove them from the map. That's Iran has publicly said that as well, that they want to remove Israel from the map. That's ethnic clean cleansing. That's exactly what Hitler and the Nazis were doing in the forties. Ethnic cleansing. Hamas is agreeing with that philosophy. So remember if you're a part of a movement or you're part of a protest that's pro-Palestinian or you justify the actions of Hamas, you're supporting ethnic cleansing. So people are viewing that as anti-Semitic. And so they're rescinding job offers or clerkships or whatever else, because they do not want to bring an employee who's anti-Semitic. Well, it gets even more interesting than that. There have been some presidents of these universities that have supported their students rightly or wrongly, but again, they can, they can support their students and their, and their free speech and their voice. And I think that's appropriate and, and fine, but it does come with some consequences. Um, because of this, there have been some donors of the university of or Harvard university and the university of Pennsylvania that have stopped giving to the universities because they have perceived the presidents of these universities supporting anti-Semitism. So you see the consequences of speech. I believe in America. I believe that we should have free speech. I believe we should be able to speak into the marketplace of ideas. And, but there's consequences to what comes out of your mouth, right? And if you say something that is harmful or hurtful, there is a consequence. And some of it could be financial. Some of it could be opportunity is taken away because of your speech, your opinion. And so be careful. And be careful who you associate with. If that's not what you want to, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that Israel should be wiped off the map, then you may want to be careful what protest you join. Because again, if you're a part of it, it's kind of like the, you know, the January um, capital insurrection, whatever you want to call it. You know, I know that's politically driven. Like how you, what do you even call what that was? Um, but if you are a part of the crowd, but you really didn't agree with what they were doing, then don't join the crowd. Because by joining the crowd, you associate with the view and the opinion. You're sharing your voice and have so many have experienced consequences to joining in on that voice. So uh, it's interesting how, again, there's different layers to this story and there's this process layer to this story. And I think we have to understand that there, there are some that are viewing this issue from a very much Israel's the oppressors, Palestine is the oppressed and we support the, the, those who are being oppressed and we're against those who are being that are the oppressors. Uh, but it's not that it's not that easy. It's not that simple. There's a lot of history to this. Um, as I read, I think I, there is actually an article in the world magazine that kind of spells out exactly how this Hamas and Israel's interaction with one another over the last several, several decades. And again, <laughs> Hamas is trying to, wipe out the Jews. Don't you think that the Jews have the right to protect themselves from someone who wants to destroy them completely? Remember 1940s when the Germans killed millions of them? Don't you think they'd be a little, you know, very um, careful that it doesn't happen again to them? 
for the sake of their children, for the sake of their grandchildren, for the sake of their future as a people? And don't they have the right to protect themselves? And I think, again, if you're thinking about the long-term effect of this story, Hamas needs to be removed. That's the simple fact. Hamas needs to be removed. They can no longer govern a territory of any kind. Again, it's like saying it's okay for Al-Qaeda or ISIS to run a territory of people and then use that territory to use it to attack another people group. We shouldn't support that. I, I, I mean, I'm under the opinion and I haven't really talked about it all that much on this podcast, but I don't believe that we should allow Taliban to rule Afghanistan. I think it's a brutal, brutal, brutal governmental system. It removes the rights to women. It is a, it doesn't allow women who over the age of like, I don't know, a few years old to even be educated, to be taught. It's restrictive. It's hateful. It's violent. It's corrupt. It's the way it, it actually receives money is through selling drugs or poppy that becomes heroin. This is the Taliban, right? It is basically a terrorist group that can now govern a people. And so, again, that's, that's why times, during times like this, we, we go to the end of, of the book of Revelation and we say, come Lord Jesus, come please. You will put all things to rest. You will bring peace. I was listening to something this morning of Christ Jesus and it's, is, is promised the, in Genesis 3.15 that the serpent who's brought the serpent's deception of Eve has brought in the fallenness of man, the wickedness in our world, um, the sin in the world and, and the wars that we see and experience. We also see the promise of the the seed of the woman who will crush the head of the, of the serpent. And that promise is fulfilled in Christ on the cross. But ultimately, Christ will have victory over everything. And he will crush evil. He will crush sin. He will crush war. And there will be a new heaven and new earth. There will be a new kingdom. Christ will reign. And there will be peace. And there will no longer be war. There will no longer be terrorist groups. There'll be freedom. There'll be joy. We wait that day. But in the meantime, we pray for the gospel to go forth. We pray that God would use his people to proclaim the gospel message of Christ Jesus has victory over the serpent, over death, over sin. And we await the day that Christ will come again. This has been a a pastor in his newspaper. And uh, hopefully you continue through the news with the Bible in your hand. Hope to be back soon. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll have a lot of things to get ready for with, with Thanksgiving coming up. My favorite holiday. Um, I just, just as I end here, I just celebrated my 40th birthday. And so I uh, had a great weekend, went up to Missouri, went to the Tennessee Missouri game and we lost by a lot and it was not great, but I love going to football games and I want to just give a shout out to the university of Missouri fans were the best. Uh, they're very kind. They're very nice. And um, they actually, we, our group got invited to a tailgate party. We got to hung out and, and talked with some Missouri fans. And that was a great time and uh, really appreciated their hospitality. And, you know, as, as we think about SEC football and uh, we're adding two new teams 
to the great SEC next year, Texas and Oklahoma. And, um, and I think one thing you get a lot of competition, a lot of rivalry in the SEC, but at the end of the day, we're just people who love football and we love our, our teams. We love our cities. We love our cultures. We love our schools. We love our traditions. And it's always cool to be able to go to a new school and see what they do. And, and, uh, it's just, it's just a fun way how people who live in a certain area for a long period of time, create culture, create traditions and celebrate things. And it's always cool to kind of see that even though they had a great time and, and our, our Vols had a bad time. We, uh, we get to do this coming up weekend get with Georgia and hopefully we can do what Missouri did to, to us and, and send Georgia back to Athens with a loss, but, uh, li- unlikely to happen, but you know, you never know. So enjoy, uh, the rest of your week and, uh, hope to be with you again next week. Uh, God willing and uh, continue to pray continue to pray uh, for what's going on in Gaza. Pray that people who are civilians or innocent would be protected, but none of us are really innocent. We're all sinners in need of, of God's grace in Christ Jesus alone and pray that that would go forth in the midst of all this as well. So again, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. And this has been a pastor's new paper. Continue to read the news with the Bible in your hand.